Hello and welcome to the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and The Myths. My name is Vanna Matthews and along with my co-host Melinda Crowder Dunbar, we are going to debunk myths related to being a woman and a mother. Join us for another raw and uncut conversation. Countless moms wrestle with mom guilt, those mental attacks that cause them to question the adequacy of their parenting. Where do these nagging thoughts originate and why do moms so easily buy into the exaggerated accusations? In her new book, Guilt-Free Mommy, Dana Reed shares her own journey from being guilt-ridden to becoming guilt-free. With humor, relatability, and practical application, she shares how you can release the unreasonable guilt that comes with motherhood and trust your ability to effectively parent your children. Buy it now at online retailers or visit her website at guiltfreemommy.com and receive 10% off with code CEO mom. Hey mama, what do you need? This episode, Melinda and I are going to equip, empower, and encourage you to not only identify your needs, but to consistently ask for what you need or go after what you need. And we're talking mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual needs. We will explore how to acknowledge, analyze, and acquire your needs. Melinda, how excited are you about this topic? Oh my gosh, I am super excited about this topic because Vana, if you think about it, it really corresponds with our last episode with soul care and just even the self-care theme that we've just kind of been highlighting over the past year or so. In order to take care of ourselves, we have to know what we need. So I am looking forward to this and I'm hopeful that, like I said earlier, people can connect with this in some type of way. So yeah, I'm I'm super, I'm super hype. (laughs) Yes, I am too. And not only be able to identify what they need, but we as women have to learn how to go after what we need and do it on a regular basis. And this goes to what you and I always talk about as it relates to self-care being consistent, being a routine. So we have to get into the habit of prioritizing our needs so that everybody else's needs are not always in front of ours. So we're going to dive into that. And Melinda, I am going to dive into that with you and get that professional counselor perspective. So jumping right in, why do we as women struggle so much with acknowledging our needs? That is such a great question. I think a lot of times, and I just have two points here. I think it's for one, Vana, really, we don't know what we need. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, there is such a lack of awareness I think we just don't take the time to figure it out. We don't know how. For some of us, Vana, it usually takes some degree of discomfort in order for us to really figure it out and sit down and go, okay, I got to do something differently. That is such an incredible point. So when you say (laughs) that we as women don't always know what it is that we need, why do you think that is so? Kind of like I was saying, we don't really take the time to to sit down and to listen, which I'm going to we're going to talk a little bit about later. But we don't we don't take the time to acknowledge it. We don't take the time to sit down and, and just sit with ourselves and go, what's going on? What's missing? I'm feeling a little off. I'm not balanced. There's something going on with me. But we don't take the time to explore, to, to take that deeper dive into what those needs are. Another point I would like to add is that I really believe that like our family history is 
essential to kind of understanding ourselves. Like many other things, you know, I believe that it has its roots in our family of origin. And so if we think about our needs and how to express them, what did we learn growing up? What did we learn about expressing our needs as children? Or, or what do we see in our household? What do we see our mothers do? Were they constantly pouring out and giving to others? Did we witness them going into without or putting up with things just to keep the peace? So a lot of times it goes back to just not being taught, not having the knowledge you know, to do it, and then not being able to acknowledge as a result of that. That is such an incredible point. And I hadn't really thought about that, but it's so true. Like we watched our mothers, especially just give, 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 give. And all of the women in our families just give, 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 give. give. And we didn't really see them take time aside or really prioritize themselves or really, really say, okay, this is what I need to do in this moment. And we can do an entirely different episode on mom guilt. And we actually have a, a wonderful lady, Dana Reed coming in and she's going to do an episode with us on mom guilt, because I think that plays a big part of it. Like when we do prioritize our needs, we feel guilty about it. And so that's, I'm so glad glad you brought that up. So what are the mental and emotional barriers that prevent women from prioritizing their needs? Yeah, I think you just said one, these negative internal messages, guilt, that's one. These deep rooted belief systems that are often rooted in fear or some type of guilt. You know, one, I used to hear even like women in my family, I don't want to be a burden or my needs really don't matter. Just automatically having your needs just take a back seat to everybody else's. I watched my grandmother, Vonna, cook. I'm talking huge meals. And knowing she was exhausted, but just kept pushing through, didn't ask anybody for help, just feeling the need to do all of these things instead of just sitting down, relaxing, saying, hey, y'all are older, grandkids are older, like come in and help us do something or come in and help bake this or cook this. We watch them just take on these responsibilities. And a lot of times it's this deep rooted belief system that, like I said, that's often rooted in some type of a negative internal message. So not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings, not wanting to be rejected. These are some of the reasons that prevent us from prioritizing our needs. We witness in our homes, our moms and our grandmothers sacrificing their needs, making sure everybody's taken care of, making sure the kids are good, making sure the husband is good. We witness and watch all of these things happening and we just adopt that belief system. We don't even challenge it. We don't even take the time to question it. We just believe, okay, this not only is it being modeled, but it's also whether it's directly uh, or indirectly spoken, we just adopt it and go, hey, this is just what we do. We, we do what we got to do. It is what it is. You know, you hear little messages like that. It's modeled. And then we also hear the messages from our uh, caregivers. And it's just, it's just, it just becomes a way of life. It just becomes our mindset. I love the way you said we don't challenge it. We don't question it. Because I, I think it's fine to be strong or be considered strong, but not to the point where people just you're almost considered superhuman and superwoman. Like you, you're mm. really, I don't, I don't need to pour into you. I don't need to help you because you, you've got this. And so I love the point that you've made about challenging it because it isn't 
we're not always strong. Why do women need to get in the habit of making sure our needs are met? To not take the time, Vana, is really to our detriment. It affects everything. I mean, when we think about being happy, when we think, in a, think about being fulfilled, in our lives flourishing, you know, being in control of that, knowing that when we are good to ourselves, when we can sit down and identify what we need, that opens up the door for us to truly be of service to others without all of this guilt or without all of this, these unrealistic expectations, without all of this, just being tired and burnt out, just needing to prioritize that and seeing it as important so that we don't feel empty. We don't feel depleted. We don't experience burnout. And until we do, until we learn to do that, our lives, in all honesty, they're going to be unfulfilled and we're going to be unhappy. I agree. I agree. So we've said that one of the things that women struggle with is knowing how to identify our needs. So let's break this down. Let's break down. How do you figure out what it is that you need? How do you identify your needs? Yes. So the first step is pause. Okay. <laughs> pause and observe. Listen to your body. I tell my clients all the time, there's so much power in the pause. We're so used to being in autopilot. We don't sit quietly long enough. So listen to what you, your body is saying. Perform a body scan. Notice what's happening mentally and emotionally and even spiritually. And if you feel something, say something. If you feel something, do something. Because our bodies are speaking to us all the time. So really pausing and listening to those signals. If you feel happy, sad, frustrated, mad in that moment, how do you feel about performing that activity or being around certain people or working a particular job or being in a relationship? Learning to pause and observe. So that's step one. Step two, once you pause and observe, you are going to identify how you feel. So where am I feeling the most pressure? Am I feeling suffocated? Am I feeling tense? Am I feeling overwhelmed? So learning to identify the feeling, write it down, write down what it is that you're feeling. And once you write it down, then you are going to write down your need in step three, write down your need in relation to that feeling. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, then maybe you need space. But it's taking that time to pause, to listen, identify what you're feeling, and then you're going to write down that need in, in relation to that feeling. I love that. There is power in the pause. That is such an incredible statement. There is power in the pause. And I think I've shared this before, but there was a quote I read on Instagram that said, learn how to rest and not quit. Mm. And I think that that resting mm -hmm. is what gives you some strength to keep going. So I love that there's power in the pause. So yes. those are some excellent steps as far as identifying our needs. So now let's take it to the next level. How do we ask for what we need and want and how do we do it consistently? Good, good. That's so good. You ready for it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, girl, literally, once you figure it out, you're pausing and you're acknowledging, then Vana, you're literally going to ask for it. That's it. <laughs> Number one, you're going to figure out what you need, which, which goes into that whole self-awareness piece, right? Because I'm sitting with myself. I'm, I'm 
listening to my body. I'm listening to my, my mind. I'm, I'm listening. Figure it out. Okay. And then I'm going to ask for it. You're going to speak up. Communicate boldly courageously and unapologetically yeah. taking responsibility for our needs. Because if we don't take responsibility for it, it's really, I can't t- place that on anybody else. It's my responsibility to know what I need and to do something about it. Here's an example, Vama. You need your husband to do something around the house, right? How often do we ask or do we just go, we just assume that people know. So instead of being frustrated and resentful, don't assume that they know. Say you have a pile of, you know, laundry, you got dishes in the sink, you know, kids running around in the same clothes they had on the day before. <laughs> he walk in the house like, hey, babe, like everything good? And you like, uh, can you look around the house? But see, that's how we build up the resentment because we don't say anything and we're fuming because we, we think that people should just automatically know. But a lot of times it's just speaking up, hey, no, things aren't good. Do you mind, you know, folding the laundry or getting those dishes out of the sink or just playing with the kids while I take an hour or two just to get away and just to have some me time? So just taking responsibility for that need and, of course, speaking up and asking for it. I love that. So what can you do to make it a habit? What type of mindset do you need to make to make it a habit? Yes. So I encourage my clients to, you can wake up in the morning and just make it a habit of writing down, like pausing and writing down, checking in with yourself, doing a body scan every day, taking a look at your calendar, whatever's on the calendar as you're going throughout the day, listening to yourself, listening to, looking at your calendar saying, okay, I'm probably not going to be able to get this or that done or the kids, I need to do this for the kids. And then you just start prioritizing things and delegating things, but you're, it's a constant thing. It is a, it's a constant awareness. It's a constant check-in that you're having to do so that you don't feel overwhelmed. And if you do feel overwhelmed, it's pausing again and listening, listening. Our bodies, again, Vana, our bodies speak to us. Whenever we get anxious, a lot of times we may feel that in our bellies or in our hands or, or in our palms, we start sweating or our heart may start racing or palpitating. If you're taking a walk from the sofa to another chair and you get winded, listen to your body. What is it that I need in this moment? This isn't good. I need to pause. I need to take a break. I need to get some water. So it's a constant check-in. And sometimes you may do it three times a day. I say do it in the morning, do it midday, and then do it at night. And you can put a little reminder on your phone to say body scan, check in. Hey, Vonna, how you doing? Hey, girl, how you doing? Some type of little message just to give that to yourself because we need it. That's good. That's good. And there's so much good stuff from what you're saying. Two of the things that are really standing out to me, well, three, the pause, the power of the pause, self-awareness and consistent check-ins. Like if if you don't get anything else, get those three things. Pause, become self-aware and do regular check-ins. Because I think when when you talk about learning how to identify your needs and learning how to ask. It's not just asking outside of yourself. It's sometimes bringing those needs to your own attention because there are needs that you can fulfill yourself. Things that you could do on your own that you're not doing to take care of yourself. One thing I've had to learn to do is going back to the rest. Just sit down and calm down and take a nap and don't feel guilty about having a lazy day. I don't know about you, Melinda, but sometimes I struggle with just a lazy day. Just have a lazy day. Like we feel like we need to be go, go, go all the time. Just sit down. 2020 
taught me to embrace the lazy day. Anything <laughs> <laughs> else out of twenty twenty, we learned how to sit down. Sit down, pause, take a break. Oh my gosh. So yes, I used to, prior to 2020, I used to struggle with that. But this year, like this past Saturday, my daughter and I, we did absolutely nothing. Bono, when I tell you, we, we did nothing. It was so pathetic. It was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I did nothing. Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) So I want to go into five ways meeting your needs will benefit your mental and actually your overall health. And I'm just going to give just five reasons why we as women need to really learn how to identify and ask as it relates to our needs. So the first thing is it will teach you how to stand up for yourself. And it's so funny, Melinda, because even as strong as we are as women, we struggle with standing up for ourselves. And I think it goes back to that guilt thing. But it's just somehow, for some reason, we just, like you said, don't want to be a burden, don't want to cause any trouble for anybody. And so we just stay silent when we learn, when we need to speak up. So that's one benefit is it will teach you how to stand up for yourself. Another benefit is it may help lighten your load. It just may help make (laughs) things easier. I mean, have you ever in in your, you know, just in maybe in one of your situations or in your life learned how to give some of the load to somebody else? Like, is, is that a struggle for you or is that easy for you? You know, it took in my last job um, as a director at an addiction treatment facility. That's when I really learned the power of delegation because I I had this mindset that I needed to to do it all. No one was going to kind of do it quite the way I was going to do it. And I learned the hard way. Okay, you think you got it going on like that? Okay, take all the responsibility and see how you last. Right. But I learned to delegate and to assign and to ask for help and to speak up and to say, I need this. And so it taught me a valuable lesson. So yeah, I definitely learned to how to lighten my load for sure. (laughs) That's good. Another benefit of learning how to identify and go after what you need is it can help develop self-awareness. And that goes right back to everything you said, Melinda, is when you become more self-aware, you can do a better job of prioritizing and making soul care and self-care priorities. So learning to address your needs is a part of discovering who you are, because what you need is it's just is a part of, of your being. So I I love that. The fourth benefit is it helps to create mental and emotional balance. And we we don't use the word balance a lot, specifically as it relates to work life, because we don't believe it's real. But when it comes to your mental and emotional balance, what does that mean from a counselor's perspective, Melinda? Being in a place of, of equilibrium, a homeostasis, knowing what you need mentally and emotionally and taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental, your emotional well-being. It's a part of that whole self-care. It's a part of being self-aware. It's just having those mental and those physiological needs, whether it's attachment, pleasure, self-improvement or an emotional needs, being a appreciated or, or safe or connected in love, just having those things intact and knowing what, what those needs are. I mean, 
And being aware of those things. Yes, when you have those things in a balance, you're healthier. You're in a healthier mindset. And when our minds are healthy, then we have, again, the capacity to reach out and to help other people. I love that. I love that. And the Mm -hmm. last benefit, and these are just five. There are so many more benefits, but these are just the top five that we've identified. The last one is it can help you maintain healthy relationships. And you know how we are about healthy relationships and how important those are to self-care. Because when you are in a relationship, and this is a, a friendship, this is a family member, it doesn't have to be you know, about a a partner or a husband or a wife, when you are in a healthy relationship, you can tell people what it is you need. Because have you ever been in situations where you don't feel comfortable enough to say, this is what I need to be okay, whatever that looks like, whatever that is? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just didn't feel like it was safe enough. (laughs) I didn't I didn't, you know, I didn't know the person enough or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's difficult, but I've learned to maybe call somebody else and say, okay, I'm thinking about, I've identified something. I want to run this by you. What do you think? And then once I get some type of guidance or counsel, you know, then I can go back and maybe say it to the person wherever, or, you know, if, if there's somebody I need to reach out to, because if you think about it, communication in relationships is connecting. It's, using our skills to understand the other person's point of view or offer some type of support or letting that person know, you know, that we're here for them and it should be reciprocated. So it's very important. It's very important to help to maintain those relationships and to keep that line of communication open. That is so true. And when we, when we talk about being able to let other people know what you need in order to maintain healthy relationships. We're not necessarily talking about you ask somebody for something. And if they say, no, that's not healthy. What we're talking about is if you're in a relationship or in a friendship with someone and something isn't right, or say you need space, say you need, Mm -hmm. you know, the person to change work on the way they relate or talk to you. Because when you talk about your needs, they span across the board. They could be anything. It's it's just making sure that if there's some dynamic in the relationship or the friendship that isn't healthy for you, that you can verbalize that and you can communicate that without backlash or negativity. So that's what that's what we mean is is you have to be able to, like you said, Melinda, be able to have that open communication and identify if you aren't comfortable, if you don't like the way something is going in a relationship, friendship, whatever, that you can communicate that to that person. So let's dive back into the myth. We actually did not mention the myth. And the myth for this episode is, it is selfish to put your needs before others. And we are going to tell you why that is not true. It is not selfish to put your needs before others, at least not all the time. There are, you know, as Christians, we are called to put our brothers and sisters before ourselves. That's not what we're talking about. (laughs) We're talking about you are consistently pouring out and never allowing yourself space to be poured into. And so that's what Mm. we mean by that. So let's talk about the solution. Let's talk about the solution. Acknowledging, analyzing, and acquiring what you need and want 
is essential to maintaining your mental, emotional, and physical health and thriving as a woman with many roles, including mother. You can't pour into others when you're empty. Melinda. Mm. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You know that that scripture that says, uh, I don't know if it's a scripture, I think it's, but it says our cup is running over or our cup runneth over, something like that. Yeah. Are you familiar with it? Okay. Yeah. So when I think I heard Ayala Van Sant say this, but she said it's not selfish to 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 take care of your needs. She said it's actually selfful to mm. ask for what you need to take care of you. It's you know, in order to be whole and healthy. And so once we get in the habit of doing that, then our cups are full and running over. And what comes out of the cup is for others. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And the more full yeah. you are, the more you can give. The more you can give. So what's in the cup is mine. I'm responsible for what's in the cup. I'm re- responsible for meeting my needs emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. I'm responsible for what's in the cup. And the, the overflow of that goes out to others. So I love that. That's I love what that. I'm Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So, of course, we have to give you tips and strategies so that you can go forth and know how to implement these new ideas of identifying your needs and asking for them. So, Melinda, what are the tips and strategies? Once again, self-awareness. So you want to pause. You want to figure out what it is that you need just across the board because our needs are There are many, but being able to really sit down, I cannot stress this enough, the importance of this enough, but really starting with self-awareness, figuring out what it is that you need. And then two, courageously, boldly, unapologetically, and even lovingly ask for it and give it to yourself. And I love how you you brought that point home, Vana. It's not just about asking outside of ourselves, but also taking responsibility for what we need and making sure that we meet our needs because we don't want to place that in someone else's lap, which is not fair. And it's a, an unrealistic expectation. If we can't do something for ourselves, we shouldn't expect for somebody else to do it for us. So those are my tips, self-awareness and then asking for it, doing something, taking the action and feeling feeling empowered to do that as women, debunking the the myths, debunking the unrealistic uh, you know, expectations and any other beliefs, core beliefs that we may have that really aren't serving us well, whether it's guilt, whether it's feeling like we don't want to be a burden, listening to those messages, adopting messages from our caregivers that where we saw didn't serve them well. And we, we just kind of adopted those things by default, but challenging those thoughts and saying, you know what, I know my mom did it this way or my aunts or my grandmothers, you know, they may have done it this way, but I think I'm going to do something differently. And then resting in that, feeling empowered to make a decision and consistently sticking to that decision. So those are my tips and strategies. I hope you guys find it helpful, Vana. I hope you find it helpful as well. I I am. I absolutely am. And I I agree. I hope you ladies are getting so much from this. And when we talk about these needs, this is making the assumption that you know yourself well. And so you have identified things that you actually do need to be okay. 
So we are making the assumption that you've come up with, this is what I really need to be okay. And this is healthy for me and healthy for the relationships and the people around me. So of course, please sign up for the newsletter so that you can get these tips and strategies and all of this great information in the newsletter. And we want to ask you ladies a question of the day. We want you just to take out some time, really answer these questions and really, really dive deep for yourself. So what do you need? And this is not, it's not, and we've said this, this is not a finite thing. This is something that is ongoing and it's every area of your life. But the key is to be self-aware so that you can properly identify your needs. So what do you need and what are you doing to make sure your needs are met? So this is your homework. Figure out what it is you need. We've given you the tips to identify and ask. And then determine what are you doing to make sure your needs are met. Thank you so much for joining us today, Melinda. This was so much fun. I know this is is going to be a good one. for the. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and The Myths. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and definitely rate us. Go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at CEOMomMagazine.com. There, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by BOPD and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us. Thank you.